Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Kenny Rongo. Ken is a children's and youth worker at Grace Point Church. Jumbo, and welcome to this podcast on Mondays. On Mondays in this podcast, we meditate and reflect on sermons that have been preached to us in the recent past. On today's podcast, we have a clip from a sermon preached to us sometimes last year from Numbers chapter 10 and Numbers chapter 11 in our Desert Experience Sermon series. This sermon was titled, God's Faithfulness in Contrast with Israel's Unfaithfulness. Do have a listen to this clip as we hear how Israelites set out from the wilderness of Sinai and how soon they rebelled and grappled against God. One of the things I love about chapter 10 is that this chapter ends on an amazingly high note of God's presence, God's fidelity and faithfulness going before them as stated in verses 33. It actually says that so they set out from the mount of the Lord's, the Lord three days journey and God's presence in the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them on a journey of three days. What an amazing chapter ending on such a high note of God's presence going before his people. And in verses 36, we see Moses asking that the Lord would return and tabernacle or leave or stay with his people Israel. But dear brothers and sisters of Grace Point, one only wishes that the story ends here. For what follows is a situation in sharp contrast to God's fidelity to his people. And we go to the sad story of chapter 11, verses 1 to 36, or verse 1 to 36, which I have dubbed Israel's unfaithfulness and infidelity, or rather, if you want, incomprehensible grumbling of the people. The Israelites find themselves in the most uninviting desert. Before they know it, they are experiencing in their very in the very words of the narrator misfortunes and hardships of untold measure. One would expect that the assurances they had received, the mighty acts of deliverance they have witnessed since they left Egypt, not even to mention the very presence of Yahweh in their midst, that the three of these, the assurances they have received, mighty acts of deliverance, and the presence of Yahweh, would cause them to know that the God on their side is bigger than the misfortunes and hardships in the desert. But not Israel, not this day. They grumble, they complain, they wail and weep. And they do it in such a way that God's anger is roused and kindled against them. Quickly, the people seem to realize their mistake. They cry out to Moses, who in turn cries out to the Lord. 
And amazingly, the fire dies out as we see in verse 2. We would expect that with their grasping that they had sinned, they had roused God's anger, and that Moses even had to step in the gap and intercede for them, that they would be careful not to sin against the Lord. Not these people, like you and I, they are fecal. They are unfaithful. In verses 4, the people weep again. That is the word the ESV translation uses. NIV uses a word I love, that the people started wailing. Why? Why are the people wailing? Because of a strong craving for variety of other foods. In this moment of sheer desperation, hardness of heart, the slavery of Egypt turns out into a five-star hotel with buffets of amusement. You will see that in verses 4 and 5. They remember the, the meat, the fish, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, onions, and garlic, and on and on they go. But now they do not remember that they were actually delivered from a hard slavery. But they say we are dried up. We are craving variety of foods. The buffets of amusements in Egypt will do them good. They are done with manna. This year-long diet of manna has become boring and monotonous. They want meat. Funny enough for me reading this, as a student who studied in one of the universities here in Nairobi, I could not help but remember those days of university strikes. Seeing them in the desert, perhaps with, with placards, written perhaps in Swahili or Sheng, had to taki mana, to nataka nyama. They want meat and they want it now. Not only that, Canaan is too good to be true. They would rather go back to Egypt. And at this moment, the people are outrightly opposed to God's purpose that they should settle in Canaan. Chapter 11, all the way to chapter 25, is one central section of the book of Numbers. It is the home of the theme of rebellion, hardness of heart, grumbling, a stiff-necked people. Chapter 11 initiates the grumbling of the sons of Israel. The Lord responds in judgment. The people cry out to Moses who intercedes for them and the Lord's anger diminishes. Nearly all the rebellions that follow take the same pattern. There are about 13 rebellions in the book of Numbers, dependent on how you count most of which do not come to add new information all the time, but reinforce the merciless grumbling spirit of this first generation that's destroyed by God in the wilderness. 
no matter what judgment is emptied upon the sons of Israel, the complaining continues. One only reads numbers, hoping that at some point the complaining would stop. But it continues. Perhaps to make a point about the hearts or the condition of the hearts of the sons of Israel. And while reading numbers, you and I might be tempted to skip over some of these passages. But to do so would be to lose the purpose of the text in painting for you and I a bleak picture of the state of a rebellious heart. A hardened heart, a calloused heart, unchanged by a seemingly never-ending cycle of incomprehensible grumbling. Then repentance, then grumbling again. This cycle seems never to end. You and I have to come to, to a state where we say that the state of the sons of Israel is desperate. Though they have Moses, and scripture says no one was like him in Numbers 12, 3 and Hebrews chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. The Israelites, even with a prototype leader, the Israelites are still without the lasting forgiveness and life-changing power that comes with the coming of Christ. Along our way in Numbers even here in chapter 10 and 11, especially chapter 11, we find allusions and hits that make us cry, How long, O Lord? How long? How long, O Lord? It's in this sense that we should expect to see urgent anticipation of the Messiah, a looking forward to Christ Jesus, the ones for all sacrifice for sin. In light of Numbers chapter 10 and 11, how ought you and I ought to live in light of this passage? The grumbling of the Israelites in chapter 11 and throughout the book of Numbers reminds each reader of the book of Numbers that the human heart is dark. And no one is far from rebellion. Jeremiah puts it aptly when he says in Jeremiah 17, 9, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked, beyond cure. Who can understand it? There is no one who wants as better as way of application like Paul does. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 1 to 13. If you have your Bible, kindly go there with me. 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 1 to 13. Listen to what Paul says. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers. There are fathers who are all under the cloud and all pass through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they 
for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not placed, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were. As it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Paul highlights that most of them died in the wilderness. That these things are written as examples to keep you and I from setting our hearts on evil things. That we should not test the Lord as some of them did. And that we should not grumble as some of them did and were killed. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warning for you and I. And in verses 12 and 13, Paul says, If you think you are standing firm, be careful. You and I ought to be careful that we do not fall. And he adds in verses 13, God is faithful. Even when we are tempted, he will provide a way out. You and I, must be careful to enter into our promised land of our own rest, the Sabbath rest for the people of God. And how I pray that we will be careful not to harden our hearts lest we fall in our wandering desert throughout this life as we journey to our promised land. Amen. May the Lord help us. Yes, may the Lord help us to be careful and not to grumble as the Israelites did. May he grant that we won't harden our hearts as they did. What a reminder there from the New Testament that these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did, nor grumble as some did and were destroyed. Yes, these things were written down for instruction on whom the head of ages has come, that we should watch out against sin, and more so, the sin of rebellion against God and the sin of grabbing. I wonder what comes to your mind after hearing this. One good question to ask yourself today in light of this might be, how am I living today in light of this message? How am I doing 
about not desiring evil as the Israelites did. How am I doing about fighting any known sin in my life? May the Lord help us today to repent of sin, and may he have mercy on us today and even in the days to come as we walk in this wilderness, as we await and long and look forward to that eternal rest in heaven, which is our promised land. Many thanks for listening, and may the Lord be with you today as you meditate and reflect on this message. If you'd like to listen to the whole clip or to the whole sermon, please find this sermon on the Grace Point Church YouTube page titled God's Faithfulness in Contrast with Israel's Unfaithfulness from Numbers chapter 10 and 11. You can also find the link to this sermon in the description below. Thanks a lot for listening. It's goodbye for now. See you next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Brisbane Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website, gracepointchurch.org. Please join us again tomorrow for a new episode. Goodbye.